Champions, welcome back to your favorite sports podcast, Clocks on the Stove, episode 75. We're going to be going over Super Bowl 57, and this is one of the saddest times of the year because there is no more football, you know, so that sucks. Sad, sad day, but we might as well go over the last. And I mean, honestly, if we're going to be real, uh, what a great Super Bowl until the end, you know, so we ended on a good note. Um, it would have been nice if the college national championship was that too. But I mean, the, the two playoff games were pretty high caliber. So you could say three out of four of the last games were pretty fucking solid, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll take that. Your usual host, myself, Mr. Grayson Fisher, and with me, the one and only, the blonde hair, blue eyed demon, Mr. Zach Watts. Yes, sir. But yeah, man, let's dive into this. Obviously, you know, there's going to be some controversy spoken about the game but before we dive into that play in that moment let's just talk about the game itself the atmosphere everything going on personally I don't know what it is I didn't feel like this was like a big Super Bowl I don't know why I feel like it wasn't that like I don't know if it wasn't that it was that hyped or I personally didn't care too much about it I don't know I just didn't get that like oh my gosh this is the Super Bowl feeling that like I usually get for the Super Bowl yeah um I kind of attribute that to just kind of like me not liking either of these teams that much, like for the Eagles side of things, I'm just not really interested in their fans because they just tend to destroy their city for no reason anyway. So like Super Bowl wasn't going to change much as per the chiefs though, you know, I think I'm just a hater, but I've come to respect a lot of their players aside from the BS that's occurred after the Super Bowl. For me personally, I think the worst time of the year sports wise is the week right after the Super Bowl because all you have is just like mid-season NBA, which like nothing's really going on. Baseball hasn't even gotten a spring training. Hockey's kind of in the swing of things. But as for like football, you like haven't really like let go of it yet. It's a kind of mourning a loss like that it's over. And the issue with that is just you have a bunch of fans who are butthurt and make up bullshit excuses throughout the season, which is just the Super Bowl teams. It's just the two Super Bowl Fan bases going at each other's throats for the next two weeks and a half. You get to see a Super Bowl parade that you don't give a shit about. You just see media shoving narratives down your throat just to make up bullshit to piss you off. Like it, it, it's just so infuriating to watch as someone that just enjoys the sport. I don't really care for all the BS that takes place outside of it. So this is kind of a terrible point in the year for me as a fan. I don't know how you feel. I'm just like, I dread going. I haven't even gone on social media the past two days. I know we have to do maintenance, but the fact that I went on my phone today and it's like, oh, Patty's like already sloshed at the Super Bowl parade. I'm like, who the who isn't getting trashed at their Super Bowl parade? Like, why do we make it a big deal about it? We can't we can't get drunk in public anymore. That's like the least American spirit thing I've ever seen in my life. But I digress. So yeah, I would definitely say this is one of the worst times of the year, and I don't know why. It might just be me, but I feel like. This period of no football to football is way longer than there it the time period of having football is. I don't know, maybe maybe last year's off season it felt like that due to all the off season shenanigans that had gone on, and we were like just a year removed from the COVID year, so it just it felt weird getting back into the swing of things. But you know, I'm gonna give it some time just to kind of let this settle in, experience some other things. You know, we have a lot going on with clocks on the stove itself and in our own personal lives. Before then, we were literally just sitting on our couch all day, just waiting, twiddling our thumbs. Like It was so boring. I 
couldn't think of anything to do. And then it was like, oh my God, football is back. Like, finally. Yeah. But, you know, weird. It's maybe- a weird time, man. It's a really, because I mean, like you look at other sports, like wrestling is year round. There's folk style and others international. MMA is year round. I mean, to an extent, uh, what's it called? Um, soccer year round, basically. Like there's sports that are year round. You're just like, oh, they're coming. But like when football season ends, like we're in a really shitty time of the year right now. Although, although we do have XFL coming back. Yeah, we do. We do. So we will. And I do appreciate it and I will watch it and check it out. It's just hard to get as hyped and like, let's go for that as I would for like, you know, a big NFL game or something. It's weird. I know we're going a little off topic from the Super Bowl, but when I watch XFL games, like obviously the quality of competition isn't like professional, but it's better than college. Yeah. It may, it may not have professional. It's just not NFL. That's what I mean. Yeah, like the product isn't as clean and refined. But I mean, one thing I'll give them credit for, and I and I will always give them credit until they change it, is they let them hit the shit yeah, out of each other. Yeah, it is physical they, as fuck. Yeah, they, they go to war out there, and they're like, "Yeah, you're in it fifty thousand dollars, and you know you're just gonna murder <laughs> each other <laughs> for for sixty minutes. You're gonna die, and it's like no, you're yeah, gonna love it." Dope though. Yeah, it's kind of dope. Yeah, let's uh let's let's dive back into the matter what we're here for Super Bowl fifty seven. We had the Chiefs beat the Eagles. What was the final score? 30, 38 to 34, 37, 38, 35. 38, 35, I think. Yeah, 38, 35. 38, 35. Good game. Great game. Um, First things I got to say is Patty's ankle was complete bullshit. Complete and utter bullshit. Um, But yeah, let's just dive into the game. You know, we start, the game starts off hot. Eagles come out punching in the mouth first. You know, we see. His offense and Nick Sirianni was being a little cocky fuck on the sideline. You saw that? Yeah, man. Crying during the national anthem, which I respect. Chris Stapleton did a wonderful rendition of the national anthem. But like when they do the close-ups and they're just like crying, I'm like, like this is the I'm like, this is the most American like image I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> just crying during the national did, anthem. Did you see the people that bet like over two minutes and two seconds or something like that on the oh yeah. Uh, on the fucking national anthem, and it hit exactly on the dot. Yeah. Wait, if it hits on the dot, does that mean you win? Because that's no, definitely not over. Uh, damn. You didn't Nick. win. Yeah. yeah. How do they, how how do they know? How? <laughs> <laughs> they just know. They're like, we know. They're like, well, his practice time was two minutes and one second, but he did burp like eight times during his recording. So, like, we know this time we got a point shave. Like, yeah. Oh uh, no, that's weird. That's weird. But um. But yeah, overall, it was a good experience. I didn't really care. I didn't. I don't think I even really watched the halftime show. I never really do. Um, I didn't really care for it to be honest. But the game itself, like I said, first half was all Eagles. They went out there. They had what a ten point lead, seventeen to seven or something like that, or twenty four to twenty. They had a ten point lead going into half. They were in full control. I mean, dude, first of all, Dallas Goddard, man, shout him out. He's a fucking baller. Zach and I were talking about this. I don't think we could think of. A Super Bowl, I mean, obviously someone's going to fucking think of one that you saw the display of tight ends. You know, I was talking about Hurts and Hertz and uh, Patty, but what about Goddard and Kelsey, bro? Like, holy shit, two great fucking tight ends, super high caliber. They both showed, you know, they were elite. Defenses played pretty solid uh, for the most part. And honestly, until the end of the game, the refs didn't really get involved, and I was a big fan of it. They kind of let They kind of let it go. Yeah. Before the game, there was a lot of worry about how much the officials would play a part because, you know, when they announced the officials for the game, it was made apparent that I, – I forget his name, but the head chief 
like crew chief in charge, he is responsible for covering underdogs like 63% of the time. He's the most flag crew in the NFL. Like they stall more, they stall more drives than anyone. But like I said, they just let him play football. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for letting the guys play. You know, if you go back and put everything in slow-mo and record each position, like it's very apparent there's probably going to be a flag nine out of 10 times. Yeah, of course. But dude. no, there's no perfect fucking football. Yeah. It it's impossible, but like you got to let the guys play. And I, I'll kind of save that like flag towards the end of the game, but like it was a good, it was a good ref game and it was a quality football game. Like it was very enjoyable to watch. You know, from both sides of the ball, all sides of the ball, honestly, all three phases of the game were played at the highest level. You know, it, it felt like we weren't cheated out of a Super Bowl because, you know, in years past, some teams off the top of my head, you look at that Rams team that had that phantom PI that screwed the Saints out of the Super Bowl. Dude, what about even going back deeper when the Ravens played the 49ers and they didn't call that pass interference in the end zone in the last play? Yeah, like there's just – there's a lot of instances you can point at and, you know, not – Everything's obviously going to have a point in time where you can throw it on it. But one thing I'll give huge uh, kudos to is after the game, it would be really easy in that moment to throw the blame on the officials and say, oh, well, they costed us a Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. In the post-game press conferences, the Eagles were very professional in how they addressed the media. James Bradbury was the first one to step on the mic and say, that is a holding. He's like, I did hold him. That was the right call. He's like, I got to be better than that. It happens. No one, Nick Sirianni himself, went on the stand and said, you cannot pinpoint one play in a game that costs you a game. It's accumulation of all plays that decide the game, and you can't let that boil down to, like, one instance not going your way. He's like, life doesn't work like that. This game doesn't work like that. And I thought that was super professional, and it sets a tone. So kudos to the Eagles in that regard. Of course, not even 30 minutes after, you have both players from both teams going to war on Yeah, I know, dude. Twitter war was nuts. Yeah, AJ uh, Brown and Juju. Do you see that? Oh, that that was awesome. By the way, not a big fan of Juju. Man had there was a there was a graphic posted today. It was like eighteen TikToks posted this year, three touchdowns. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey man, maybe maybe try to catch the ball a little more. But no, it was funny too when shit. he starts trying to chirp and AJ Brown was like, "Bro, you literally had no impact in this game whatsoever. Why are you talking shit?" Yeah, and he's like, "Still got the dub." At least. At least Melvin Gordon, when they asked him about it, he was like, he's like, the difference between this team and the other teams I played for, I didn't do shit. I still got <laughs> ring. He was like, yeah, like, at least he owned it. But, like, you got some guys just – Yeah, why haven't they utilized him? Why haven't they played him at all? He's a practice squad guy. No need for him. I mean, you have Isaiah McKinnon – or uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire technically still. So, you have three Dude, solid guys. Get rid of Hilaire and throw Melvin Gordon in that mix. Are you crazy? He's the best purpose running back out of those three. Uh, I don't believe so. I believe that Melvin Gordon suffers from uh, fumbleitis, and I think yes, that is yeah. I, I think that is one of the gravest injuries or sicknesses you can have as a football player. Now, Melvin Gordon is an amazing football player. I'm not taking away anything from that, but the way the Chiefs play football is you can't win football games if you risk the turnovers. Yeah, and they're super high paced, so like turnovers can't happen. Yeah, and Pacheco by far earned every snap because he plays like it. So I'm never gonna ever put anyone above him on that roster. I love the um, tweets that are like Isaiah Pacheco runs like someone's trying to kill him. Yeah, like every time he touches the ball, he's running for his life. But yeah, shout yeah. out him. Shout out Rutgers. He's a Rutgers boy. Shout out Greg Schiano, big Greg Schiano guys. Um, but yeah, dude, I think, uh, dude, it it was hard to like 
it's hard to really say, well, this, this, that. I mean, both teams played fucking great. They played great. Now, the Eagles did not have the second half adjustments they needed. I mean, the Chiefs showed their veteranism. You saw Andy Reid comfortability with being down a half. Like, he didn't, they didn't seem shocked. Like, you saw that, like, all right, we've been here. This is our first dance in the second half. They really were like, this is how we do, you know? It's kind of interesting to me because we looked at this Eagles team and we thought they're, well, obviously, we thought both sides were very balanced. They were very strong points of emphasis for their team. The Eagles' defense let up a touchdown every drive in that second half. They got bitched. And what surprises me is their defensive coordinator was quick to sign a contract with a new team as a head coach. And I am not too sure that is the best case uh, for whatever team he signed for. I need to verify to see which It's either the Colts or – I don't remember the other one. Uh, no, OC went to the Cardinals. 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 He yeah. head coach, for, and I think that's terrible because not only did you play your worst defensive ball in the Super Bowl, your defense just got significantly a lot worse going to a Cardinals team who and has you lost JJ Watt. Yes, and you also don't have the Eagles. So yeah, there's a lot of things that you are cutting back on now. Given it could just be a mishap, just one bad game, but. You know, a lot of the shit that was talked by the 49ers, and usually I tend to write off teams that get eliminated for just being salty and talking shit. They said they were like, if you make that D-line, or Debo said it best. He said that D-line makes their secondaries all pro. Mm-hmm. He's like, those all. He's like, those secondaries aren't all pro. And they said, give respect to Darius Slay. Darius Slay is locked out. But they're like, those other guys aren't shit. Dude, and that's crazy to show. too. That, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, like it goes to show because Chiefs guys today during the play – uh, at the parade today wearing shirts that said zero sacks and hey when they kept their MVP quarterback clean he performed and they showed that like their secondary wasn't really much exactly what I was about to say I was about to yeah. say the whole hype going into this game was that the Eagles have the third most sacks in NFL history and then Patty's ankles hurt so he's not as mobile and then with all this it's like it's like every single factor was in favor for the Eagles D-line and they didn't capitalize on it at all what also blows my mind is their kind of like approach. I mean, they kind of got exposed for like the schemes they ran. They ran a lot of man-to-man coverage, expecting their D-line to get pressures on Patty, which just didn't happen. So great scheme in that regard from the Chiefs. But at what point are we just going to stop man-to-manning Travis Kelsey? Like, are we just never? Yeah, I learn? know. It's just never like he's too big for a DB and he's too fast for a linebacker. Yeah, so – what great teams do, which is what the Patriots did and is the reason the Patriots beat them all the fucking time, is they'd put like a slot or like a nickel linebacker on them and line them over him. And then guess what? If he ever tried to run deep routes, Jason McCourty would just spy him over the top. He would just – all they would do is – they wouldn't necessarily double him, but they would they'd have a safety. Him. They'd favor him. Yeah, they would have a safety that was guaranteed over the top on his side of the field, and it wouldn't allow for that. Now – Obviously, there's going to be screens and such that they're going to game plan for him open. Those are things you can't really prevent because they're specifically game planning for him. And if you only game plan for Travis Kelsey, well, there's an MVP quarterback you have to watch out for as well. So you're probably going to get burnt in that regard. But, I mean, just a great game overall. You look at Andy Reid, you know, he talked a lot about uh, picking up his coaching staff and his players doing a good job. And then now, of course, we have all these things about Eric Bieniemy who I want to kind of touch on a little bit because I have my own kind of thought process behind this. But, you know, Eric Bieniemy is a great OC, and he's 
apparently talking to the commanders for a possible another offensive coordinating job. So it's I not think that happens him. every year, though. Every year they talk about him leaving. Yeah, it it's weird, and I guess we might as well dive into it. So from what I've been seeing is like he's been interviewed by other teams in years past, and they just straight up say no to him. Like they just aren't big. But I've only heard one guy really step up and like defend him, and then I've also heard one person step up and talk bad about him. And the one guy that defended him was Tyreek Hill, who was like, damn, like, he's like, my man, um, EB ain't got a job in the pros. Like, what the fuck we doing? Which is like, understandable. You know, he's coached. He's led the Chiefs to the best offense these past like three, four years. They've had no less than 12 wins. They're playing phenomenal. He's a huge part as to why they're so successful. But then on the other side of things, the only person that talked bad about him, and I don't really totally respect this guy's opinion because he's just the biggest dick rider and hater i've ever seen in my life and does not deserve a podcasting platform Lashawn mccoy and he was like he's like when i played for the chiefs he goes he was like the enemy does not talk to the players as they deserve to be treated and he was like and it wasn't just me he was like yeah i saw it with everyone he does not talk like a coach should talk to his players and that's why he will never be like a leader he's like that's why no team will ever give him a head coach job he's like there's a reason why he goes into these interviews and gets pushed off right away and to me, I kind of at first I looked at that and I kind of brushed it off, but then I thought about it. I was like, I was like, if this wasn't the case, like if LaShawn McCoy was making BS, people would call him out on it. No people one said, yeah, no one, no one said anything. Said, no one said shit. No one said, like, whoa, you're way out of line here. No one said a word. And no one is pissed that he isn't getting head coaching looks. Obviously, the Chiefs don't really care because like if they keep him, you know, they're still gonna be successful. But no one that moved teams is like stepping up and trying to speak up for the man. I see a lot of media personalities stepping up for him in the sense that they're saying like, oh, they're not giving a, they're not giving another African-American man a chance. Like, like, look, if that were the case, I would completely agree. But apparently this is a character issue. Like people just straight up don't like the man and don't respect him as a leader, which is a completely different side that I think needs to be talked about a little bit more because I, I was trying to find like instances or supporting reasons as to why people aren't giving this man a greater look because he's a great OC. But if, People are talking down on this man's name and no one's coming to defend his name. What does that tell you? Well, you remember in the beginning of the season, him and Patty were going at it on the sideline. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Very beginning of the year. So I wonder if, and like I don't have any expert insight or anything like that, but I wonder if, um, where is it going? I wonder if he is like, a, not like a cancer, but he does have like that negative side to him and it gets counteracted with Andy Reid being the head coach because he's not a head coach, he's a coordinator. So like he can kind of have those moments, and Andy Reid can like be like the security blanket over it, dying out the situation and stuff, you know. So I wonder, but versus when you are the head coach, it's a lot fucking different. It's a lot different, especially in the NFL. Look at Urban Meyer. It's a yeah. lot different being a head coach in the NFL. It's, it's also interesting to point out because Andy Reid has been regarded as like a very good judge of character. Like uh, he doesn't really care in the same aspect of like Bill Belichick or Nick Saban. He doesn't really care how good you are if you're not good for the team. So you, you would think like if a coach was a cancer, he wouldn't want him. But I mean, if he's technically in control, then I guess that's something you can really. Yeah. But he might be a cancer, but like he, he holds, he bites his tongue as Andy Reid's there. Right. Versus what Sean McCoy saying, if he goes somewhere else and there's not someone like overseeing him or like, putting boundaries on him, he's going to be bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I also don't think Juju is going to resign there just because of that. Cause he's doing all this. Juju sh- sucks. 
Well, regardless if he sucks or, or not, I'm just saying from the standpoint of like, he's going to Twitter and talking all this shit. I never see any other Chiefs players do this, mm-hmm. but he's talking reckless. I do not think Andy Reid's going to resign him. They brought him in on a one-year deal. And by the way, AJ Brown calling him TikTok boy, you're never coming back from that. Right. I don't think you could. You could have been a Super Bowl MVP. They literally admitted they signed you for one year just to get rid of you. Yeah. They're like, you're, they're like shut up, TikTok boy. Like, Dude, oh, also, AJ Brown, that's, let's piggyback since we're on that, that topic. He's someone that was dead quiet in the beginning of the game. In the beginning of the game, it was all Devontae Smith. And then as it started getting into deeper waters, AJ Brown started stepping up pretty good, dude. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer that AJ Brown is that fringe. Like, I'm not going to say he's top five, but he's like that five to seven range, five to 10 range. And the Chiefs showed that in their game plan. You know, they were very adamant about shading his side of the field. They said, if we're going to get beat, it's going to be by Goddard and Smith. And Devontae Smith led the game in receiving yards. So he's a viable number two option. So kudos to him. He did get lit the fuck up on a couple plays, though. Oh, yeah. 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 Blown like, the fuck murdered up. on a couple plays. Yeah. I think if, if I was Devontae Smith, now given I'm not the, I'm not a paid professional in analytics department, like I don't get paid to do this shit. But a player who's like a similar similar build plays kind of the same, and I think Devontae Smith can learn a lot from is um, fuck who's the Seahawks wide receiver that's escaped? Tyler Lockett. Sorry, mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett. The reason why he's played deep into his thirties and forties, or 30s. deep into his thirties. Sorry, he's not no Tom Brady. Deep into his thirties is because you know. He's a smaller guy, slimmer build, but he never really like fights for extra yards. Now there's a time and a place where you should fight for extra yards, like maybe and he does, down. and he does when it's like fourth yeah, down. Yeah, he does when he needs to, but he doesn't but take hits he doesn't need to take. Possession catches all the time. Catch, mm-hmm. get to the ground, get out of bounds. He never is like, oh, I'm just gonna take this hit to get one or two more yards. Because really, what is that one or two more yards really gonna do for you besides the fact that it's really gonna fucking hurt in like 15 minutes when all the cortisol is out of your body? So, I mean. I think he should start kind of adapting his game like that. But then again, like some guys aren't built like that. Like if you were to tell Pacheco, like, Hey man, if you want to really last your shelf life, you should really like avoid on time. Pacheco be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> like just doesn't yeah, work. But I think, I think also part of it too, Zach, I think that's something Devontae Smith will learn. I think that's part of the, that's one reason is Tyler Lockett's a vet, you know? And, and I think that's something yeah. Devontae Smith needs to learn um, because in college, like he could take those hits and he could do those things, but in college, you're not going against fucking, you know, Levante David and motherfuckers like that. You're going against, yeah, to an extent, kids, you know? I mean, he was going up against Devin White uh, when he was there, so that is also a terrifying individual to have hawk you down. Cause... Yeah, but he was going against, what, one to two Devin Whites, maybe three in a season. Yeah. Now he plays that every single fucking game. Yeah, this is also true. Um. Looking at some other but overall, things. sorry, overall, I think Devontae Smith played a beautiful game. I think he's he's a great deep threat. And I think also, since we're on this as well, Jalen Hurts played a fucking spectacular Super Bowl. Yeah, I was spectacular. just gonna, I was gonna you know? transition. And all these people are like, Well, he, he can only run, he can only run. Well, first of all, yeah, he did he did do a great job at running. So did Patty. But he also threw some fucking dots, Zach. Like his pass to Goddard, his pass to Devontae Smith. Some of his deep balls, like fucking dots. His composure in the pocket, beautiful. Jalen Hurts was him. And my dad, and we talked about this earlier, my dad is the biggest, was the biggest Jalen Hurts hater of all time. And then after the Super Bowl ended, my dad looked over at me and he goes, I want to apologize for everything I said about Jalen Hurts. He is fucking legit. I was like, I've been telling you, bro. 
was like, I've been fucking telling you this man's legit. Yeah. Huge, huge shout out to the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. It was just superb performance on all ends. I'll say this for Jalen Hurts side of things. He, if he had any doubters still, there's no way you can be a doubter now. There's no just, way. Yeah. Me and you were talking about this the other day. Like, you, you just got to be racist at this point. Like, that's the only way. Like, the, the ultimate way to tell if a football fan is racist is just ask them how the deep ball ability is on any black quarterback. You're like, how do you feel about Lamar Jackson's deep ball? Like, how do you feel about Jalen Hurts? Yeah. They're going to be like, well. Any dude that's in their 50s and 40s, and they'll be able to tell you they're <laughs> racist without saying we're racist based on that question. Yeah, they'll be like, well, it's not the best in the league, but, you know, it gets it done. They're like, all right, all right. Like, they're like you're a converting racist, so, like, it's okay. Like, you're, you're, you're recovering. Yeah, you're, you're like, oh, I think he's only in the league because of his feet. All right, yep, you, sir, are, in fact, racist. Yeah, we're going to have an RA club. It's just Racist Anonymous where you just show up and you get all your aid out. About like, all, all right. black quarterbacks. <laughs> it's like, all right, they're like, you're, you're cleansed now. But um, regardless, you know, they played great. Also, shout out Patrick Mahomes. First thing he said on the stand was he was like, uh, you got to give Hurts his flowers. Man played phenomenal. I think he's like the third quarterback and the modern era to ever throw – or to ever have 370 yards combined and four TDs since like Joe Montana. He's and the like, first. Ever, he's the he's the second player ever tying the record for three touchdowns in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Tom feet, with his feet. With his feet. Yeah, with his feet. That's another thing I want to get into. If I saw people discussing this on Twitter now, given it is Twitter, so there's no viable facts behind this. It's just discourse, and it allows me to talk my shit. They were like bringing up the idea of like taking away the QB sneak because of like how like broken oh, it was. I did, I did see this as well. I also saw this. Um, I just want to let y'all know the only reason the QB sneak works so well for the Eagles is because their quarterback happens to uh, squat like 600 fucking pounds. Yeah. And they also have like eight other players shoving him in the ass like 40 yards forward. So, you know, if it really was that overpowered, why doesn't your team do it? Yeah, no, and the and the other the other aspect of that, Zach, is you play a whole game of football where you don't know what play is going to be called, and then the one play you do know it's going to be called, it's right there. So that is the biggest, like that is the most. It's us versus you play in football. Yeah, you know, it's, like you know, you know they're going. You know, fan, everyone that's watching or knows anything about this game knows what play is coming. So don't bitch and complain. Yeah, is it hard? Yeah, but like you said, Zach. If you had a weaker quarterback, it wouldn't happen. But Jalen Hurts squats like fucking 800 pounds. Yeah. That's another thing. If it really does work that well, okay, pull your quarterback out. Pull. I guarantee you. It probably fucking work too. I mean, guarantee. I mean, dude, Tom Brady is one of the great. Diagnose gaps and when to pull it off. But, I mean, regardless of that, there's – there's ways you can pull it off. Like, obviously, I don't think, like, Kirk Cousins is going to be able to do it that effectively. No, no way. There's a lot of quarterbacks that couldn't do it as effectively as Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's just – I hope they don't change the rules around that. Now, given it is a little weird how, like, how they line up, they may change some rules about how linemen have to stand because, like, to be honest, they're just straight-up rugby scrumming in at this point. And, like, if you're going to go from, like, the – if you're going to go from, like, a physics analysis, the reason why in rugby they allow them to, like – lock shoulders at first before scrumming is because if so you just don't let, get the hit yeah well not only that but like the team that gets to snap the ball and gets that like millisecond head start is gonna win nine out of ten times given the rugby start so yeah, i wouldn't we can go back to right now and go over a lot of quarterback sneak stops oh yeah 
I can yeah. think of one off my head right now when the Gators won their second Super Bowl under Tim Tebow. They played Ole Miss and they shut his ass down on fourth and one on, a, on a, the exact same play. Yeah, you can I jump just, over the linemen. You can dive at their knees. Like it's dirty football. Yeah, I agree, but it is not. It's not unbeatable. Actually, I believe they changed the rule. I don't know if you're allowed to jump over the the line one. I think that's just on field goals. Yeah, you may be right. Um, can you jump over the O line on QB sneak? Nope. Yep, you're fine. You yeah, can... I think it's just field goals. You can't jump over the O line. Yeah, you just can't make contact. No, you can clear them, but if you make contact with the yeah. lineman, it's a foul. Not so. the center though. You can't. You cannot jump the center at all. Yeah, protect our centers. Shout yeah. out Jason Kelsey. By yeah. the way, that's another... shout out Mason Arnold, starting long snapper at Michigan State. Yeah, shout out Mason Arnold. Um, that's another thing I kind of want to talk about. As a, I know we're not parents. You know, we don't we don't have any little Graysons or Zachs running around. Thankfully, yeah, thank God. Yeah, yeah, that we know of. Yeah, that we know of out there. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Hey, if I have one out there, don't come calling. I ain't answering. You think Geno Smith didn't write back? I sure as fuck ain't writing back. Let me tell you, I don't give a fuck. Uh, shout out to all the fathers that step, stepped up out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Shout out to Because it ain't me. Because yeah. it ain't me. Oh, but uh, that's going to the blooper reel. But regardless. I'm going to be wearing, you think Geno Smith didn't write back? <laughs> That was fucking golden. Oh yeah, but I mean, come on, man. I'm I'm just not that guy uh, in in terms of that shit. I'm more of a podcaster, not a father. So yeah. let's huh. keep it at that. Um, regardless, though, how would you feel as a parent if you had two kids in the Super Bowl? Do you console the child that lost, or do you lift the child that won? What What are we kind of? What are first of all, parental if you're the mom. You have to have like swagger and confidence on a million. Like you gotta, I'd walk up to every other mom I ever saw and be like, "You're a pussy." Like, what did you do? My kids, both of them, are in the Super Bowl. It's not like I had one kid that was great and one kid that was all right. Both of them are in the Super Bowl. I got pussy popping greatness, bitch. Yeah, like, like literally, what's up? like like yeah. <laughs> it's just like I would I would flex. Um, I think I don't think I I feel like Jason Kelsey doesn't really give a fuck. I feel like he's just the kind of guy that's like, "Oh, we lost. All right, Travis, we'll get a beer." You know, like yeah. I feel like he didn't really give a shit. Like, yeah, he was sad. He probably cried a little and he was pretty upset, but I don't think it's something that's like haunting him. Like that that corner for the Eagles, what was his name that made that play? Bradford or something? I, I don't even remember. The one that held on to the jersey. Bradbury. James Bradbury. Bradbury. He's probably haunted and he has every right to be. But J- dude, Jason Kelsey played fucking phenomenal. If you go back and watch their short plays and their short short screens, he was decleating. Uh, Kansas City defenders, decleating yeah. them, and then like burping and fingering his belly button, and then walking back like, yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> Did you see the one scene that's like, let's do a check in on the trap on the Kelsey brothers? Travis Kelsey just caught a touchdown, and they go to the Jason, and he's eating a, like a, he's eating a protein bar, like protein bar, yeah, and they're like Jason Kelsey eating a snack, yeah. Oh god, that kills me. That was that was another thing that I kept seeing on social media. It was like, why are the Kelsey brothers? like act so different it was like it's like travis is like borderline black and they're so like travis is light skin as fuck yeah and they're like and they're like jason is 100 redneck and they're like well travis played high school basketball and fucking uh jason was a hockey player which by the way if i ever saw jason on a skating rink i would get the Fuck yeah, out of there. Imagine that he's flying at you on skates on yeah you think you have a chance in cleats bro that man on ice skates will bury 
you in the ground. But you know that. Dude, also, I think the other aspect of it too is Travis is with wide receivers all the time who are mostly black, yeah. and Jason's with O linemen who are bo- both. Yeah. You know, and speaking on that too, I, I don't want to get political at all. We never get political. I just think this is. I don't even think this is political. I think this it's is just a cult, it's a cultural difference. Like, yeah, I just think is. this is also ridiculous. Can we can we get rid of the end racism signs on the end zones, please? Yeah, I, I agree. Look, I'm all for. I I do think we there's a lot of things we need to do and 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 bring us together as a community. But when the NFL is over ninety percent played by black men, it's not racist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I dude, there was this one joke. It literally killed me. It was like. It was like, guys, Jerry. I know Jerry Jones was in that photo of like preventing black kids from going to school, but he's changed now. He just owns a bunch of black men to work for him on a football field. And it he was gives like, a million dollars. Yeah, he just gives him millions of dollars. Like, come on, like, like, give me that race. But I just thought that was yeah, yeah. No, like I said, I don't want to get political. We don't do any politics over here. I don't want to say anything. But I think we can all agree. I mean, the majority of the men that play in the NFL are black. Not that now that other racist things that happen most likely. Hey, hey, but, you want to. You want to talk about ending racism? We just had two black quarterbacks play the yeah, best. Yeah, Super literally, Bowl all literally. Time. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk that that literally ended racism yeah. right there. So, <laughs> yeah, so right there. But yeah. yeah, Zach, I think we're we're tiptoeing around the elephant in the room, and I think we gotta just dive in on into it. Let's talk about the the play. Yeah, let, let's let's discuss. Um so I mean I have a, give, I have a, a give your opinion. Yeah, yeah, so give your give your say. opinion first. First and foremost, for everyone that doesn't understand the play, it's when Juju got held which set up the field goal and which won the Chiefs game. What I have to say is, was it a hold? Yes. I do agree it was a hold, 100%. But I want to I give a shout-out to a great analyst whose first year was this year. He did a phenomenal job at both college and NFL level, Mr. Heisman winner, RG3. And he stated, this kind of call, it's not that it's not a holding call. It's that this kind of call, like this caliber of call, is something you decide in the beginning of the game. In the very beginning of the game, you decide as as the refs, all of you, are we going to let these calls slide or are we going to call these calls? And they let it slide the whole game. They were cool with like little holding calls that didn't really interfere the play. They let it go. Like we said earlier in the pod, they let a lot of shit go to keep the game flowing. But the one time they call it is the most fucking crucial time in the game. So if they would have been calling plays like that, Zach, throughout the whole game, I wouldn't have been upset. It's that they let – exactly same similar plays like that slide all game. And then that one time they call it. The other thing is even if he didn't hold him, he wasn't catching the ball. Patty threw it fucking 30 yards. Like he overthrew the fuck out of it. It was not catchable at all. Yeah. And that's another thing you said, you hit the nail on the head, which is like, it's a ticky tacky call, which yes, if you want to get into the specifics, should it have been called? Yes. But not in the Super Bowl during the final drive of the game, where you know you making that call is going to completely just put it like it's just going to piss a lot of people off. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say put an asterisk because in my opinion, I still think the Chiefs would have gotten into field goal range and scored anyway. So, you know, and the fact that, that like down though, bro. Oh yeah, shit! It was. It would have punted. It would have been what like a, a minute, minute and a half left or something. Yeah, a minute like fifty. We would have either seen the Jalen Hurts era start, or we would have seen an overtime, which we would. I would have been cool with both. I wouldn't give a fuck. I would. I would have been like, "Holy shit! Like this is awesome." Yeah. I mean, I was belligerent drunk during the game yeah, anyway, so it fucking, really, no, I really didn't matter during this game. Yeah, I mean, we had 
back-to-back nights where I was Yeah, just what a great crazy. fucking weekend of sports, dude. But, yeah, I, I just – that holding play did not change the outcome of the game. Like, it wasn't, like, a crucial play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just called it. And I, it goes back to our theory that everything's fucking rigged. Yeah. And not rigged through the players, obviously. Rigged through – um rigged through officiating. But and I Vegas. have to say, though, I have to say, though, Arian Foster going on PMT and saying they got scripts of four games led to the greatest slate of memes I think I've ever yeah, seen. For the past, like, two weeks, it's just been fire fucking memes. Yeah, script meme. It was like <laughs> – it was like Ray Lewis when he gets his 2002 <laughs> offseason script. And it was like, oh, fuck. Like, I, like there or was Alex Smith. It's like Alex Smith reading his script for the next season. It's like a dude sweating his balls off. Yeah. Or like the Ratatouille guy reading through. And it was like DeMar Hamlin when he has to realize what he has to go through. After <laughs> that. Like, and then he's just like, he's like, no. He's like, this can't be. Or like yeah. even the Uncle Ruck is being like, oh, my God. Like those shits cracked me the fuck up. Obviously, I'm not poking fun at what happened to DeMar Hamlin. It was just the fact that some things – are a part of the script, something are it's just no, it was funny. Hilarious. It's fucking funny. Yeah. I bet DeMar yeah. Hamlin thought it was fucking funny. Yeah, fact. By, by the way, that that's the other thing I kind of want to touch on is like people that still get mad about people that are like making jokes about it. I'm like, dude, I feel like you are free, you are free game, like once you find out you are healthy and okay. Like when Wait, I got once hit, you're alive, once you're good. What when I got hit by the car, I got clowned while I was in the hospital. Like I was still like getting cat scans in my head, and my friends were like. They were like, damn, I guess you got hit by the car that only hits gay people. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. And I was like, you're well, like, shit, doctor, tell him it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like, damn, dude. You're like, you just got free excuse to, like, riz up girls. You're like, yeah, I just had a car accident. Like, what are you yeah. going to do? Like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you did it for clout, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, man, totally. Just love getting hit by a fucking vehicular manslaughter. I live for it. But, I mean, shit happens. I mean, I'm sure he'd like to poke fun at it now. Um, knowing that he's okay, he survived. So wish him, wish him nothing but the best in the future. But yeah, I think we were robbed of an overtime. I think it would have been fucking awesome. I think the game would was awesome. Also, dude, yeah. back on Jalen Hurts, how about the poise in the post game interviews? Not shit talking any of the Chiefs, not blaming anyone on his team or his coaches. It took everything on the chin like a fucking leader, like a veteran. Yeah, hundred percent. Just we've spoken about it so much. Like you talk about our meat writing awards. Like we might as well just put ourselves down. It's like the Jalen hurts. Dick yeah. I, I'm on the Jalen hurts meat writing award. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, it. yeah, we may, we may be runaway winners. I don't know. Chris, I'm so glad Chris Collinsworth wasn't doing the Super Bowl Cause that man would have sucked Patty off harder than yeah. Lord knows who. But I mean, I don't know, man, when it comes to Jalen hurts, like, can you imagine a team that's any more opposite of their fans? Like Eagles fans like commit murder after football games. And like the Eagles themselves were like the most confident, like the Eagles they're acted wholesome. like they're very wholesome. Yeah. They're very, it's just a great group of like men just throughout, like through staff, through the team. Like I, I've yet to see one bad interview of them or like doing anything now, wrong. Nick Sirianni though, he's Philly as fuck. Oh yeah, no, that man likes to talk his shit. But yeah, like, like when when the fucking when that play got overturned and he was like, "What's up? What's up?" Yeah. And then like they kicked the field goal to go by ten by halftime and he's flicking off the Chiefs. Like, yeah, he is but I mean, super like, Philly. But like he keeps it on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because even in the posting conference, immediately credited the Chiefs for playing a great game. But you know, one more thing I want to talk about because I feel like we've exhausted most of the topics for the Super Bowl. But one more thing I want to talk about is. You can be right in both aspects. You know, a lot of the dialogue that I kind of 
went into before the game started was I thought the chief or I thought the Eagles had no weaknesses across the board. I thought there was no glaring spot. You could look at them on the field and say like, they have a weakness here. And I still think that's true. I just think the chiefs played a better game. You know, when you have a soup, when you have a quarterback like the caliber of Patrick Mahomes and you have players like Travis Kelsey and uh, offensive mind, like An- Andy Reed and Eric the you know, they're going to play great football and you know, their defensive game plan was just as good. You know, they gave up, well, just that they gave up 35 points, but you know, they did, they did enough to come out with the win and that's what great teams do. Well, they and, did you know, good until the second half. Yeah. They did good until the second half and shit just fell apart. But yeah, man, I don't think the Eagles are going to be done. I think definitely if they can keep their core intact, they can definitely make another run at things. Um, I'm interested to see what the 49ers do in the future. I think them running it back. Cause I thought 49ers were the team until they got hurt. So, because honestly, I thought a rematch between the 49ers and Chiefs would have been insane. I mean, but, I wanted Bengals, Eagles so bad. I mean, obviously, I want, obviously, I want the Bengals. I'm, I'm, remember, first and foremost, I am a Chiefs hater. There will never be, there will never be another dynasty like the Patriots. And you know, the the Chiefs can be as good as they want. They still will never be there. And that's another thing that I can't fucking stand because I've had to, I cannot tell you how many times I've had to come to Tom Brady's defense about this. They're like. Oh, we've never seen a quarterback quite like Patrick Mahomes do what he's done through the first couple of years. Dog, Patty's won what two rings in five years? Tom had Tom had three and five, and hadn't lost one. He was had a perfect rep- record up until this point, and our, had already had an MVP. He's already already led the league in passing yards. He has done everything Patty's done except a little bit further. And if you think like I'm not trying to take anything away from Patty, he's still only 27. He has a ton of time left. But if you think that man's playing until he's like 40 years old. That is a habit. Yeah, his style doesn't translate. Yeah, his style doesn't translate. Yeah, long at some yeah. yeah, at some point, them hips. He already walks a little funny. He's got that little like sway when he walks, like yeah. a like a little like a little cafeteria lunch lady waddle. My sister like said to. it's like a penguin. Yes, he waddles a lot. I always say that he like waddles like a penguin, or he's like that. It's like your middle school guidance counselor that's like too thick for no reason. Like she's just out there waddling for God, like we're doing all that ass. But regardless, <laughs> regardless. You know, at some point, all that junk in the trunk gonna have to weed its way out. Of yeah, system. yeah. Facts, though. Yeah, facts, though. Uh, yeah. Let me just cap that off right there. Waddles like a middle school. Yeah. I, I mean, for the most part, I think we hit everything on the head. I don't got really much more to say. Yeah, uh, not here I mean, to be. NFL a hater. is rigging the Chiefs to be the next Patriots because they need another dynasty now that the Bucks are done. So that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Oh, oh! I'm, if we are done, I do have one one question to finish it off. Mm-hmm. Does J- Jason Kelsey retire? Thirteenth no. year in the NFL, just had another kid. Does he retire? You know, it's hard to say, but I feel like he's the type of guy that if he feels like he has enough to give his team one more good ride, he's going to do it. I don't know how he feels personally, health wise. Um, you know, Tom Brady was able to push off his family for 45 years. I'm pretty sure you can push yeah. off yours for like maybe yeah. one more. One more season. Yeah, maybe one more <laughs> season. Like, come on, man. Like Hertz is still so young. You've got another year with probably all your guys still there. Like mm-hmm. you're one of you're one of the greatest. I think centers. I think you you give it one more dance. You give it one more dance. Yeah. And your kids are at the age where it's like, I know it's not so fucked up, but like they're not like doing too much yet where you kind of need to be there, you know? Like they're yeah. not like going to fo- they're not having sporting events or like prom or anything like that like they're they're like fucking children yeah 
give him, give him a fucking iPad, make him sit on the bench. And yeah, practice. who gives a shit? Yeah, but, fact. Yeah, do do one of those little photo shoots where when they show up for spring training camp, it's like, oh my god, or like spring training, or when they show up for a training camp, they're like, oh my god, Jason Kelsey's with his daughter. Or like, some of I mean, dude, just keep doing your fucking podcast. I'm sure, I'm sure if Travis keeps talking enough shit, you're gonna be like, I'm gonna fucking kill you like one more year. So, like, fuck it. So, yeah, that's everything I got to say through Blue Wise. I don't got any more uh, things to add. Yeah, man. Um, we were able to talk about one game for 45 minutes. So, yeah, well, I do have a, I do have an off topic question though I have for you. Ah, ah, yes. What would you rate your top five favorite protein meals? Protein meals? Yeah. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to go steak. Second, I'm going to go chicken wings. Third, I'm going to go ribs. Fourth, I'm going to go pulled pork. And five, you know, five, give me the old school classic, easy, easy to make, easy, good protein. Give me some eggs. Okay, fair. Um, Number one, plain and simple steak. If we're asking for a specific cut or how it's made, uh, my mom makes the best flank steak known to man. Couldn't get enough of it. Um, I have been recently been making um, some ribeye steaks with steak and taters. That is like my go-to meal twice out of the week. Remember, guys, for all you at home. Um, that want to bulk red meat two times a week. You can eat white meat, the rest of it. Just don't eat too much red meat clogs up your arteries. Not the best for you. Limit it. Um, but yeah, I feel like what makes a protein is the carbs you follow it up with. So like when no, I'm, I'm eating, talking, I'm no, 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 no. I want to hear just the sh- if you only had the protein, I only had the protein. Okay. Definitely flank steak. Number one. Um, number two, I'm definitely going to go with lemon zest chicken baked preferably in the oven. I don't really need that charred stuff unless I was putting it in a quesadilla. Although I do make some fucking bomb quesadillas. Like some green peas and stuff. Okay. That, that shut the fuck up. We don't need to go there. I'm not talking about no veggies. Fucking weirdo. Um, number three, I'm going to go see, this is just an all time classic for me. And this is probably just straight up cat. Um, the the fucking chicken you get at like the Asian place in the mall, just they fucking load whatever. Time. There's there's multiple there's honey, there's I'm, teriyaki, there's, ter- there's the teriyaki, the, the teriyaki, the teriyaki just smacks every time. And that, yeah. that shit's depth that shit's depth. I mean, it's like a pound of sodium per piece, but yeah. I don't give a fuck. They they could tell me this shit is cancer inducing, and I would be like, all right, one last meal. Like, yeah, I could have one more. Yeah, I can have one more. Like it hasn't killed me up to this point. It probably is cancer inducing. I mean, it, dude, it's probably squirrel and cat that they found on the side of the road. I mean, shit, we got COVID from bats, so yeah. fuck it. Um, we're, I think four and five, though, this is going to be hard. Four, I think I'm going to go with the classic fried chicken tender Ooh, just because okay. it's an American classic. And number five, um, even though this is a month of me being clean without fast food, I've only been cooking for myself. I do miss it dearly uh, and it's a good old-fashioned double cheeseburger just mm, okay. preferably oh, yeah. a, preferably a steak and shake like steak burger god damn I've, I've been craving one of those for so long last night i had a dream about one but then i realized i've only been cooking for myself so Man, that's what happens when you cut weight too bro you have dreams of like drinking a bunch of water yeah that's funny uh gunther the other day was telling me because we were like talking about like weight cuts and then he um he borrowed how when you were at Jesuit, you when you were going through weight cuts, you'd be like, "Let me just smell it." Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, Grayson would show up for breakfast, and he was 
he would have a piece of bologna with wrapped in lettuce and he was supposed to eat it at lunch but he'd eat it right when he got to school and then you just sit at the lunch table like <gasps> yeah i cut weight so bad in high school dude no my senior year i did it pretty right but i didn't cut a lot but my junior my sophomore year started my growth i cut it so bad Oof. yeah i i never want to go through uh a wake up i don't know maybe maybe one day i'll like say fuck it and for a clocks on the stove purposes i'll do one amateur fight just for like <laughs> what do you wear right now one night you could not fight you'd have to cut to 70 but even then you'd be kind of small no but i'm a, i'm a i'm really bloated i think my natural weight if i were to go like do cardio right now i'd probably be like 181 i could probably realistically cut down to like 155 if that i would if suck I, it, w- it would suck a lot of dick but like that i'm not fighting anyone at 170 there's yeah, no fucking way way I'm, too small to fight at 170. yeah i'm, fi- I'm five i get murdered i would yeah. be fucking ass raped i would have a terrible time so i'd rather suffer during the weight cut and just somewhat fucking make it through the fight but there's no way in fucking hell like like for example if we were to if we were to go to the if i were to lose the fantasy league per se and i'd have to go to the open i i'm cutting some weight i'm not wrestling it i'm not fucking wrestling the big boys they'll kill me they, yeah, they, won't you would get, they would actually kill you though yeah no they would try they would try at least like if i like got to like 160 you're like i Dude, I'd have to eat a little lighter than 160. Those I mean, 165 is Julian. Yeah, would, he's a fucking scary little... He's a thick boy. That's a muscle hamster if I've yeah. ever seen one. Yeah, so even 150 is pretty scary, but I feel like if I cut down to that, I'd still be... 57, yeah. you could be straight. Yeah, 57, we could probably make that pretty comfortably. How long would I... If I did the open, how long would I have to make weight for? Because I'd only... Whatever run... it is, it's only one way in. Oh, it is? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. But it's, gonna... it's the thing about wrestling, though, is you wrestle 45 minutes after you weigh in. It's not like me who gets 36 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Makes it cut a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Because another thing I was thinking about, though, is because what I was most worried about is like, let's say I make the weight and if you lose, you're out, right? It's not like you have to do like no, it's a two. couple. You, you, you would lose <gasps> two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if it makes you feel any better, a 14-year-old just won a D1 college open. All I'm saying is if we somehow – because, okay, how long is the end of fantasy season before, like, the first open? That's, like, a month or two, right? When does season end? Fantasy okay. season? Like, January? Uh, yeah, it's it, probably, like, it's a like, month. It ends, like, week 17, week 18 of regular season. like, a month. I mean, there's there's opens all up until, like, the beginning of March. Yeah. And middle like, of March. Yeah, we really have to start thinking about how much time we're actually going to give. Like, the yeah, but you kind of know who's going to be in last place a little bit before the end. Yeah, so we're going to give them like a fair warning. Like, look, you better either get in the like you need to at least come to a practice so we can teach you how to fall, or like you're going to get your clavicle snapped in half. Yeah. And you're not going to have a collarbone for the next two months. But that's right, a problem anyways, for next year. Super Bowl Fifty Seven, Episode Seventy Five. Thank you for tuning in. Clocks on the stove.